Welcome back to Four Eyes, the podcast series that gives you a clear view into the optometry world across Canada and the U.S. We are your hosts. I'm Dr. Amrit Bilku. I'm Dr. Deepan Carr. Hi, I'm Dr. Ravinder Rindala. And I'm Dr. Alex Kuhn. Are any of you guys thinking about buying or selling an optometric practice in the U.S.? Well, we sit down with Ryan Kelly from Practice Exchange, who shares the company's years of experience in successfully completing practice transitions for optometrists across the U.S. We wanted to ask Ryan questions on the seller side and the buyer side of the transaction, but for all of you listeners who are dying to know more, please feel free to contact Ryan directly through his email address, which is added in the episode description. We really hope that you guys enjoy the episode. Ryan, feel free to give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself for all of our listeners who don't know um, who you are. All right. Well, first of all, thank you, ladies, for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure. And um, my name is Ryan Kelly. I work for a company called Practice Exchange. Um, we actually help optometrists who are looking to sell their practice, um, transition it to a new buyer. So anyone out there listening who one day could envision themselves owning a practice or want to l learn a little bit more about buying a practice, um, we're the type of company that would help them. Um, with that being said, we actually represent only the person looking to sell their practice. Um, and what we do is we help them come up with the value. Um, we're actually specialists in valuing practices. So we come up and we put it through a practice valuation and we come up with the price based on market demographics and, you know, our history of selling practices. We actually have sold 3000 practices in the um, last 30 years. So our company has been around for a while. Um, so with that being said, um, that's pretty much a synopsis of it. Uh, we, we specialized in helping optometrists sell their practice, but um, yeah. we work very closely with anyone looking to buy their practice because uh, in a transaction, for it to be successful in this industry, because it's um, such a complex deal, it needs to be a win-win for both the buyer and the seller. Um, yeah. You know, if the buyer doesn't feel comfortable in what they're purchasing, they won't, um, the deal will end up blowing up and that's just how it works. And so that's re really where we come in, making sure cultivating the deal and bringing them together. Yeah. So, um, you know, do you mind going a little bit more into detail then about what specific services um, Practice Exchange provides, especially for OD? So, and also you mentioned that you're helping determine the value of the practice. Uh, what, what factors do you take into consideration when determining that value? Okay, so I'll start with the first part. Um, when you look at a optometry practice, it's valued based on the last three years of business. Okay. Anything prior to that, it doesn't actually come into the valuation. Um, it's something that you really have to understand. The value of an optometry practice is very volatile. Uh, the most recent year has an, has, um, it's weighted most heavily in the uh, valuation. So what we do is we take a look at the last three years. We weight each year accordingly. Um, the most recent years weighted most heavily and then in de uh, decreasing order, chronological order from there. And uh, we put it through evaluation metrics on our end that I'm not going to get into detail. Um, but what you really are looking for when you're looking to buy a practice is you're looking for a future cash flow. And the valuation is really dependent upon the cash flow. Um, so then in terms of what services do we provide, 
Um, they're all geared towards someone looking to sell their practice. Uh, we take it from them contacting us, asking what is it worth, to telling them what it's worth, then putting it on the market, utilizing our marketing um, campaigns. And you know, we have a database of every optometrist in the United States in it, or we try to try to stay up to date with all the new optometrists coming out of school. It's kind of difficult. <laughs> but um, we, um, we try to, and uh, yeah. we, then we find a buyer, we bring the two together, we, we have all the legal documents that are needed, uh, both parties, they enter into an offer and acceptance agreement, which we can get into a little bit more detail, I don't know if we want to do that later on, but um, when you go to buy a practice, you actually have a period of time that um, is specified in the offer and acceptance agreement. So let's say you, you make an offer on a practice, you guys agree on a price, you then have a time, a time frame of 30 or 45 days where you're able to go into the practice and, you know, look at every, everything, all the documents, any book, bookkeeping that they have. You get to see all the patient records, make sure that what is being promoted is actually legitimate. Mm-hmm. And um, that's called the due diligence phase. And that's really when uh, we, we help a lot with them, the buyers in terms of doing that. Um, well, that's not all we do, but that's pretty much all we do. Um, yeah. it's, it's, we <laughs> help people bulk. close the deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're, okay. we're brokers at the end of the day. You know, it's no, we, we're brokers. So similar to a real mm-hmm. estate broker, um, we, get, we get paid when um, a transaction's closed. So our job is to close them. So in your, in your opinion, how has COVID-19 impacted the value of optometry practices now? So that's an interesting question because... Um, you know, the value of practices, we put a value on them, but the banks have such an integral part in the entire scenario because the whole industry is built around the banks lending the money so that a buyer can purchase a practice 100% financing. You know, the practices that we list at Practice Exchange, we can get buyers 100% bank financing 99% of the time. And that's because they cash flow. Um, so, Right now, the practices are still being evaluated based on 2019, okay? And the reason for that being is that's just how the market is, market is designed right now. So we evaluate the practice based on 2019. So let's say we, find, we have a practice listed for $500,000 in New Jersey, okay? Um, the practice, we find a buyer. Someone offers 500000 the only way that the bank is going to lend money right now for a practice that was evaluated as of 2019 due to COVID-19 is that if that practice is doing 80% in production of what it was doing at this time last year. So just to clarify, if a practice is doing 80% in September of 2020 of what it was doing in September of 2019, banks are still lending 100% based on the 2019 valuation. So it's having a major impact on our, on our industry, uh, obviously, because a lot of practices are having a a little bit of trouble getting back up to that 80% number. And, um, you know, those practices aren't able to qualify for lending right now. So it's, it's having a big impact for sure. You know, you do work along with the buyers, like you said, because you are really trying to close the deal. So even though you're on the selling side, you are probably more familiar with, you know, the type of buyers that come in and look at the practice as well. So in your opinion, you know, what sort of financial profile um, should 
you know, a new grad optometrist like us have before considering buying into that practice that you are trying to sell us? Okay. That, that's a great question. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, so for you to really be in the position to buy a practice, it kind of first starts with experience level. Um, mm-hmm. To qualify for lending, you need to have around two to three years of experience. So um, a bank, you can't get out of school, find a practice that's worth a million dollars, go to TD Bank, be like, hey, I want to buy it. They, they kind of be like, <laughs> really? <No. laughs> They'd be like, sure, let's try it out. See, see how your first month's payment goes. <laughs> exactly. No matter yeah. how good you did in school, no matter what the GPA was, I swear. Yeah. And um, so first, the first criteria is like two to three years of experience. Um, the second piece is you, you have to put um, a down payment down in, mo- in pretty much all the transactions usually between five to 20, 25,000, depending on the size of the practice and also depending on, um, you know, how profitable that practice is. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the banks will be like, yeah, we'll give you a hundred percent financing if you put down X amount. So it's, um, it's a hundred percent at the end of the day, but the way that they word it, it is what it is. Um, so, but in terms of other, besides that, like if you're talking about whether you want to buy a house before buying a practice or um, something like that, um, it all depends on the credit score from our angle. If, if, you're, if you want to buy a house, that's awesome, but don't let it, don't make sure you make the payments. If you want to get a new car, that's great. Just make the payments because if you have like a 620 credit score, no one's going to give you $500,000 mm-hmm. or $200,000, whatever amount of money you want regardless of how profitable the opportunity is um, yep. or the offer you're making. So the, the credit score, it's huge. Um, banks tell us anything above a 700 uh, works, but you know, you kind of want to even be higher than that because their underwriters are the ones who are actually making the deals happen. Mm-hmm. And we already kind of mentioned financial stability, but is there anything else that has come up in the years that you've been working with selling practices when buyers come in? Is there a certain type of buyer that, um, you know, is more successful in obtaining the practice from you versus others? Any other so characteristics? Are, are you saying like how, if you're a buyer, is your question really how to differentiate yourself from another buyer to make sure that you yeah, can Yeah, I the guess practice? so. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's a great question because, um, you know, oftentimes there's multiple candidates looking at a practice mm-hmm. and the, the selling doctor essentially gets to pick who they want to mm-hmm. be the heir, heir apparent. And, um, yeah. chemistry is huge. So, you know, my recommendation would be like when, if you're going in to visit a practice to really work on building a rapport with the selling doctor, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. Uh, and these are very, very emotional transactions. You know, you can imagine you build up a practice 20, 25, 40 years, and um, yeah. then you're looking to sell it. So like the person who's going to be buying it from you, they're not just in the, it's not just someone buying a candy bar from you. They're, they're buying your, your baby. So if, you know, even sometimes we've seen it in the past, like recently, um, mm-hmm. there was a practice, we got an offer from one person, that was higher than an offer from another buyer. And the doctor said to us, like, you know, I was, I see myself 20 years ago in this person, you know, it's $20,000. I've made a lot of money in my life. I just feel right. And they went with that person. So, you know, if, 
and that, that's that's coming down to just being a good person. So if you mm-hmm. if you if if you want if you're going to visit a practice, make sure um, you 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 approach it in the right way and you create a good um, rapport with the selling doctor. So if you want to sell your practice, right? So how do you make your practice more valuable over time? Like I'm talking about equipment, technology, staff. Like how does that? How do you make it more attractive to buyers? I guess. Well, let me let me flip it on you, okay? So if you're looking to buy a practice and it doesn't have electronic health records, what are you going to say? No. no. <laughs> yeah. What about no OCT? Yeah. Oh. No. Well, no, no. <laughs> you want to have a practice that is up. So we, we, we break it down to four, four criteria. It comes down mm-hmm. to, do you have electronic health records? Are you digitalized? Um, do you have, what's the gross, what's the net and what kind of equipment do you have? Mm-hmm. Um, the equipment's huge with the, with the younger buyers, because you guys know, I mean, you know, way better than I know that, um, when you're in school and you're using that type of equipment, you don't want to come out and go buy a practice and not have it anymore. Uh, like we, I'm talking, what we talk to buyers yeah. are like, I would buy this practice, but you know, I have to spend a hundred thousand dollars in equipment because I don't even know how to, you know, I need, I need it. Yeah, definitely agree. Electronic health records. That is definitely a big one. Um, is there a common EHR system that your practices have the ones that you've sold that were, you know, high, that gave it a higher value or a quicker selling time frame or more? The buyers? revolution, the revolution. revolution. One. Yeah, okay. the revolution is one yeah. of the best. That's, that's actually like, good. When- that's good to know not only for buyers, but I guess for sellers too, what are some red flags that usually show up when I guess red flags in buyers who are interested in the practice or red flags for, you know, people who are trying to sell their practice that you try to bring up during the process? All right. That's a great question. Cause I can kind of combine the time frame with that one. Um, yeah. So in every transaction, there's red flags that pop up uh, not red flags, but there's bumps in the road. Um, that aren't necessarily red flags. Uh, you have to differentiate between the two. Um, so, so the first part of the question, the time frame, these transactions can go from closing in three months to 18 months. Um, it, it's, very, it, you know, it's very complicated. So you know some practices have more than one location. Each of those locations mm-hmm. have either a lease or um, you know, the, the doctor owns the real estate. Regardless, that has to be those those um, are separate negotiations that have to be done in order to close on the actual optometry practice. So the more complex the deal is, the longer that it could take. Um, in terms of red flags, it all comes down to that period that we mentioned earlier. So, you know, let's say, again, you find a practice you like, you make your offer, they accept it, you sign an offer acceptance agreement, the two of you are now negotiating, the two of you have now have that time period where you get to go into the practice, look at everything and find out if it's actually something you want to buy. So when you go in there and if you start looking at the bank statements and it's not lining up with what the profit and losses statement is saying, you're like, whoa, okay, that's a major red flag. You also want at this time, you know, you want to get in, like you want to get somebody else involved with a little bit of mm-hmm. experience in the finance world. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking to buy a practice, you need to have some sort of financial advisor, CPA, somebody, but not just somebody on Main Street. It has mm-hmm. to be somebody who's in the industry, who understands yeah. the optometry industry. And there's not a ton of them, but they're out there. 
Um, you know, if you need to find one, you contact Practice Exchange and we'll find you one. And that would be free of charge. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's just, we have a lot of contacts in the industry. And when we're working with buyers, we oftentimes recommend if we're like, do you have a CPA? And if they don't, we're like, you got to get one. Here's a list. Mm -hmm. You might want to contact one. You, you want to look for any type of um, tamp. I don't know if tampering is the right word, but you want to look for anything that is not number legitimate. Fudging. Number fudging. I like that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fudging so you up should, the numbers. Yeah. You <laughs> want to make sure it's everything's legitimate. You want to yeah. make sure the practice is being run um, and the, the, paper, the numbers are backing up mm -hmm. what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so this might be a bit of a broad question, but when you are a practice owner and you're thinking about your exit strategy, what are the advantages and disadvantages of transferring ownership to like a private equity firm versus an associate optometrist? That's a fantastic question because I get asked that by, you know, 10 optometrists a week. And um, it's funny, um, our company kind of, provides an alternate strategy to doing that. Um, if you're going to go ahead and sell to a private equity firm, um, what they do is they offer a premium price. So let's say we can get somebody a million dollars, they'll offer 1.2. Um, but what they do is you get 750,000 at closing. And then the other 450,000 is, is um, withheld in over the next three to five years. And you get paid it annually only if you reach certain production standards that are set by them. And the kicker is you no longer have control of the business. They now run your business. And so let's say something happens like COVID-19. I would, I, I mean, I don't know what's going on, but um, it would be interesting to see what's happening if, for the people who had purchased the practice. I mean, sold their practice, mm -hmm. if they're not in the standards. So that's the main difference. They offer a premium price, but withhold the um, some of that monies for three to five years, as long as you hit certain production standards, you get it. But we offer um, an alternate strategy. You sell it to someone, um, you know, a sole practitioner. Well, Ryan, you basically kind of answered all our questions here, but um, for, I'm sure our listeners have way more questions. Oh, yeah. um, they wanted to reach out to you for that. What's the best way to contact you? Um, on the social medias, you can just type in Practice Exchange, but then uh, just www.practiceexchange.com is our website. And then, um, you know, if you want to email me directly, it's ryan at practiceexchange.com. So uh, that's pretty much it. Just go to our website and uh, it's pretty interactive. You can kind of register on our website if you're actually looking to buy a practice in the future. Um, it's just right on the top toolbar. It says buy a practice. You click on it and then you fill out um, your you know, you're part of the country or where you are on the map and you, you only get alerted if you get, if we get a listing in the area. So kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, get in touch with as many brokers as possible because the good practices, they really do go quickly. Well, thank you so much again, Ryan, for coming on the podcast. It was so nice meeting you. And I think this information is really going to help start more conversations with younger ODs um, that are listening to our podcast who um, are probably looking to now change their setting and sell their practice. And this did give us a little bit more information on for the buyers who are, you know, wanting to now make those connections with people who are selling so that they get chosen compared to someone else. 
I really appreciate the opportunity, guys. This has been oh, yeah, a lot of definitely. fun. Com- and honestly, compared to like the other ones that I've done, this has been way more laid back and it's way yes. more natural. <laughs> We're very laid back. <laughs> very our, laid our, back, as you can yeah. tell. <laughs> We're not, last... we're not that professional, so don't worry. No. <laughs> okay, yeah. bye. Bye-bye. Thank you to everyone for listening to Four Eyes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating to give us feedback on how we're doing. You can also check us out on Instagram at Four Eyes Optum for more content. Look out for new episodes every Wednesday. So until then, stay tuned.